0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
1: The Bigs, Biggs. Biggs. Time. Biggs. With Molly and Haw. Biggs. Time. The Biggs Report. With Brad Biggs. Bigs time. Bigsy. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs Talks Football with you. (laughs) Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a long-time contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now on the Signature Bank Score hotline, Signature Bank making commercial banking personal. Big Zay! Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, apparently there's some exit interviews, and apparently, at least one of the many people who spoke yesterday, uh, one Justin Jones, talked about you know a couple of issues, a couple of uh, ideas that players were not overly happy about the communication, and it was really interesting. I, I'm not sure. Listen, you, you lose ten games in a row; it's not all seashells and balloons. But he talked about the idea that uh, there was a lot of, um, of of things that needed to be said, that there was uh, frustration among players and that uh, they had things they had to correct as a team, and he felt that uh, that the constructive criticism from the players could have helped the coaches yesterday.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting as well because and, and we had heard You know, the coaches at least talk about um, the relationship that they had with the players earlier this season. I can recall multiple instances uh, where defensive coordinator Alan Williams would refer to it being a uh, coach-player-player-coach relationship, right? And he he said it specifically that way where it was like, hey, you you know, you need us and we need you, and they – seem to uh, project the idea that uh the communication was was top shelf uh now maybe some players felt that it was uh not all I, I don't i don't know uh but justin jones uh comments were certainly uh interesting i i think uh they're probably natural right you get a team that piles up uh 14 mosses and and Runs the table in the final ten, there is going to be uh, frustration in the room, you would think, so uh something uh, that uh, hopefully turns into a positive for a lot of people. you know i mean let's let's be real. Um, many of these players will not be back on the team next season, but if you have multiple uh players and multiple veterans kind of sending the same message perhaps it's something the Bears will uh consider uh to some degree anyway
3: yeah I think that's interesting Brad because you you don't want to you don't want to take away the possibility or you don't want to take away what the positive what he said holding people accountable is a good thing if he is part of this next year who knows then you want a guy like that in the locker room the public nature of it was a little surprising just on the heels of what else we heard That takes us to last night's game, the national championship game. The defensive line will be in a state of upheaval this offseason for the Bears. Jalen Carter will be one of those players that if they trade down, they probably don't want to trade down far enough to where you might miss out on a a position maybe to draft him or Will Anderson. Let's talk with Carter last night. What have you heard talking to people about just um, what his upside is? And we saw last night some evidence of that. He was dominating.
2: Yeah, he played he played a a completely different game than he had against Ohio State in the semifinal game, right? The you watched him in that uh, against the Buckeyes a little more than a week ago and you were not real impressed. Uh last night certainly better. Um maybe the uh TCU line isn't quite as good, but I don't know. He uh, he popped a heck of a lot more in that dominating uh, Bulldogs win last night. So he's a guy that you've got to look at it. Those players, those disruptive interior defensive tackles are scarce. OK, there's not a lot of not a lot of them walking around on the planet um, and, you know, you can you can tick off. Names of some of the better ones in the league, and there's just there's it's another one of those spots that there's not enough of them to go around. Uh, the Bears would love to have a, a top guy in there. Flus has called that, the uh, engine to the defense. You know, people talk about plugging this weak side linebacker position, and and how that's the you know most critical po- position on the defense, and and they just couldn't be further. Uh, from the truth it's it starts on the line it starts with that three technique you're going to prioritize in my opinion an edge rusher before you will that uh off the ball linebacker also so you know Jalen carter will be in the mix uh to be picked uh somewhere uh, you would think high in the first round We're, we're awful awful early uh in the process let me put it to you this way um it's as if we're at week one here, kicking off the season, and we're kind of looking ahead uh, to the Super Bowl. That's how far off the draft is right now.
1: Yeah, and and I think that it's going to be a ton of fun to consider all the possibilities because the Bears have the the top pick. They are on the clock, and that includes the idea of trading down. And as David said. Uh, moving down, maybe still ensuring yourself one of those two great defensive players that look to be at the top of the draft, but you gotta you gotta go through the your your due diligence and find out if there's a guy or two that aren't as well received but are going to be kind of pretty good players in the nfl we've certainly seen that happen quite a bit um so you you know there's there's just a world of possibility as to um as to what the bears can do. I would imagine that they're not going to take a quarterback, uh, and that therefore that would mean if indeed a quarterback pops, if there's a, a clear number one, a number two type thing, that could allow them to move down. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, even you think about it, Houston needs quarterback. Like if you are threatening to trade that pick to someone else, you might try to get them involved in it.
2: Right, and that's how you would get a larger offer for your pick Right, is you've got multiple uh, teams involved or someone's coming up from, you know, a ways away. I don't know if you want to trade from 1-1, which is where the Bears are right now, to let's just say uh, Ron Rivera and the commanders who are in the middle of the round. You're going to get all sorts of other picks and stuff, but are you going to get an impact player um, in the middle of fir- the first round? I don't know. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to hear Ryan Pohl's talk today, and I'm sure uh, he's not going to rule anything out. Um, of course not. I think he'll speak in probably a pretty broad terms, but I'm curious to, you know, listen to what he has to say about year one, because while some believe that this um, there's folks out there that think that this plan has gone like just the way the bears could have designed it. And and I'm looking at that and I I just can't believe people think that way. If, if, um, if that was the case, why would you trade the 32nd pick in the draft for chase Claypool? Right. Right. I mean, that, that's what that's what they did back before the deadline is they traded that pick to the Steelers. Well, that pick is now 32nd overall. Um, I, if the Bears could undo that, I, uh, if they had a do-over, I would think that that is something they would um, redo. They're going to hope that Claypool is significantly better along with every other element of their passing game in 2023. Uh, but – yeah, they, I get the excitement of the having the top pick and it opens up a world of possibilities. The second pick would have would have provided just about the same thing. But um man, this uh, this roster needs a, a world of work and, and I'm very curious to listen to what Poles has to say about how he's gonna go about that now that they've got the teardown portion. Uh, of his job complete.
3: All right, Brad. So it's about 15 weeks until the draft. So we're in we're week one. So of the of the season countdown, we are week one until the draft. So we're a little bit closer than waiting for the Super Bowl, but your point is well taken. We have a long way to go. And I wonder what you think about this in terms of evaluating all these guys and making all these deals. Ian Cunningham is Ryan Poles' right-hand man and reports this morning uh, that the Titans and the Cardinals want to interview the assistant general manager for the Bears. How much input do you think he has had over the last year where does polls end and ian cunningham begin and how big of a loss would that be yeah
2: i think he's had a lot of input i think he's had a lot of input you know you're talking about um two younger executives that have come up through uh successful organizations and and cunningham spent time in philadelphia and baltimore uh so two sharp guys that have seen things done a little bit differently. Uh, and so they're able to kind of collaborate and bounce things off one another, you know, real early in the interview process for these other teams. But for him getting two calls, I guess you're not surprised. And uh, I'm sure Polls would be ecstatic for him if he if he were to get a job. But, um, you know, Ryan Poles brought, also brought uh, Trey Cozio from Kansas City with him. Uh, who's uh, a co-director of uh, player personnel, along with Jeff King, who the Bears have had for a while, who's well-regarded former tight end in the league. Um, so they've got a, uh, I think they've got a group in place where they'll they'll feel confident moving forward. If um, one guy were to get uh, the opportunity of a lifetime, in, in Ian Cunningham.
1: Um. Is there any is there any uh, kind of uh, free agent list that you would put together to give you an outline going into the draft? In other words, you'll have a chance to to load up a little bit with some guys. Do you anticipate that to be? You know, they got a lot of money. Does that mean they're getting they're they're, they're shopping in a different aisle than they did uh, last year, where they were just kind of at a budget store? do you expect them to try to add some big ticket items could they could they deal with an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman or something like that you know you know we know Orlando Brown is out there Jack Conklin McClinchy i mean they they could probably get a big time offensive line repair before they get into whether or not they want to you know, try to do something at defensive tackle before they do something in the draft.
2: Yeah, I, they're definitely shopping in a different. Forget a different aisle. They're they're at a different mall. Okay, <laughs> they, they're, they're they're going they're going to a completely different mall um, than they were at last year, and um, you know they end up having to take back the one item, Larry Ogunjobi, and return it uh to the store for for store credit because they, they didn't like uh the way the way that went. So yeah, I think when you talk about what are they going to be doing, I, I you gotta be looking um you've you got to be looking in the trenches. You've you've got to be looking um at offensive linemen, at, at defensive linemen. Jack Conklin re upped with the Browns. I know McGlinchy's gonna be out there. I he, I think he's more named than like big time player, and he's definitely had some durability issues. He might get paid, but um i if you bring him in as your right tackle and and they need a right tackle uh i, I don't know that he sort of transforms your offensive line. maybe I haven't talked to people about McGlenchy recently, but I know in the past that they you know, nobody was really blown away uh, by what he had done with the 49ers. Defensive tackle, if Duran Payne of the Commanders mm-hmm. makes it to the marketplace, he's going to make an absolute uh, fortune, and the Bears would have to be involved uh, in that. Uh, but he's young. He can I mean, get he's fairly young, type. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 20, 25 or 26, yeah. yeah. He, now, he's going to get over. I mean, he'd be overpaid, but you got to get somebody there and he's coming off a terrific season where uh, he had been a, a, a very stout run defender and he got the pass rush going this year, you know, so he became more of a complete player. Uh, again, I don't know if he's going to uh, make it to the market.
3: So Brad, we heard from Justin Fields for the final time yesterday at his locker and he talked about a variety of things. One of them was what role he might play, if any, in terms of, recruiting free agents, talking to uh, Ryan Poles about what's next. How involved do you think he will be in these kind of decisions and, and will be consulted or add his input? And how much should he be if, uh, if that's even uh, something that they would consider doing? Well, if, you,
2: if uh, he's got a preexisting relationship with somebody and they think he can make a phone call, And like, hey, you know, sell the guy on this place. That's a great idea. Um, The field should not be involved in personnel decisions. You shouldn't be involved in draft decisions. Um, You know, the GMs do that stuff. The coaches coach and the players play. And um, you you maybe take some input from different groups, uh, certainly, in that process. But... I don't think you involve your year three quarterback in um, in player procurement. It, it just it doesn't work that way.
1: Who who you know what kind of um, what kind of scouting are you anticipating in terms of how I don't know how many uh, visits you're allowed. You're only allowed to bring a certain number of players into your facility, right? It's only a few guys. Um, but they, thirty, you can, yeah, you get thirty guys you can bring in.
2: Yeah, you get you get thirty. You think it, it'll be called the top thirty visit because you only get thirty of them. Yeah. So, and there's different philosophies that teams use. With the Bears having the pick where they are, you would think anyone that they are considering with that round one pick will be brought in to House Hall Okay. And then, so is that a group of six players? Is that a group of eight players? I don't know. Uh then maybe a couple other uh mid-round type pro- prospects, especially if you've got a guy that you know what we want to we want to know a little bit more about the knee issue he had or the ankle or the shoulder or whatever. So it's a good good chance to get uh questions answered that pop up from medical issues with players. And then, you know, from there, a lot of times what teams will do, and again, it depends on where they're picking in round one and what they want to do with those higher caliber prospects. But a lot of times teams actually use these top 30 visits, guys, to recruit potential undrafted free agents. So you bring in a guy and you kind of – it's like a – It's like a college visit, actually. You know, you're selling them on the facilities and the coaches and that sort of thing. So if the guy doesn't have his name called during the draft, you know, you've maybe established a little bit of a rapport with them, where you might be able to uh, bring him in as an undrafted free agent. And oftentimes teams will have, you know, eight, they'll they'll use a third of their top 30 visits for players of that nature. to try to get ahead in that process, believe it or not.
3: Quickly, Brad, Tevin Jenkins said yesterday he exceeded his own expectations this year. What do you think about that comment, and do you think he's part of the starting line uh, moving forward?
2: Yeah, well, they need so much work on the offensive line, and he definitely showed the ability to flash, so I certainly imagine he's part of the starting uh, unit that they want to develop going forward and and he played very well at times and he adapted uh to a new position but um uh, guys he's uh he's has not proven to be durable uh in the least here and so that's something that's going to require some time for tevin to um, to to make that happen and and shoot he's a former second round pick going into year 3 I mean, this is a massive year for Tevin Jenkins personally if he can show up and establish that durability thing and and be accountable uh every Sunday, he's gonna do a lot for himself uh moving forward. I don't think there's any question about that, but the the one reason that you'd have a little bit of concern is number one, you know we know about the back history. Uh, and once a guy has a back issue, you, you, that's always sort of in the forefront of your mind for a player. But but then he's had the hip. He's had the the stinger thing. You know, it, it's not just one thing with him. So, uh, hopefully he can get a little bit, a little bit stronger and uh, get on the field and stay on the field next year. But uh, when he flashed, what you saw was, was high level from Tevin Jenkins.
1: Great stuff, Brad. Thank you, buddy. Great catching up. Thanks, Brad.